welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Windsor. Hello, Katie. And Cameron Spann. Hola. Lordy, y'all. The accents, are y'all like dreaming of going different places? Oh, my word. <laughs> it's a multicultural experience. Indeed. Yes, I'm <laughs> constantly dreaming of going places, but I never get to go anywhere. Oh, that is not true. So I should put in the caveat that I do get to travel a lot of great places for work. Uh-huh. But it's been a long time since I took a just me and my wife kind of vacation. Just it's been the a two long of us. time since we did that. I didn't know that this was a thing, but apparently January 30th is planned for vacation day. No. They have a day for everything. They really do. They really, really do. Why do you think it's January? To give you enough time for the summer? Like start saving now? Sure. Probably. You got six months. Okay, let's think. January 30th, you have now hopefully like dealt with the shock of what you did in December, paying those bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you're probably back to if like- If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, you're probably back to like square one, like crap, my savings is depleted. Like I went like treat yourself, gung-ho, did all the things in December- So now it's one of those of like, okay, I have to, probably what it is, is I have to save. I have to like cut myself off, not live it up too much. So what is the best way to do that? Dream of something fun to save for. Well, yes. Okay. So not only that, but think about this, just from a, from the perspective of wintertime and short days and no sunlight, but a lot of people get a seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so it may help to plan for that sunny time when you're going to go somewhere sunny and beachy. And, and you know, there are all sorts of reasons it could be January, but... Like Australia? Yeah, I was saying, where, where are you going next week, Court? Uh, we're, we're not telling people where I'm going. I'm so famous, people would try and follow us. I think I gave that away when I posed the question. <laughs> Okay, let's get, let's get into the list, and then uh, we're going to make you spill the beans about that a little bit. But um, this is the uh, best movies about vacation. We were presented a list yeah, from Nicole, Nicole. Nicole gave us a great list, and then we've now added a ton. So just bear with us. We're going to kind of throw some of these out there. Some we'll talk about it a little bit longer. Others we'll just name them off. But we know there's a lot of movies about vacation, mm-hmm. and I don't know that we want to say the best because... <laughs> There's some really bad vacations, but good movies about it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, you got to start the list off with all of the National Lampoon's vacation, whether you're yes. talking about Vegas, European, Europe, yeah. you know, it's called Christmas vacation, but mm-hmm. it's not. It actually, they, they're at home. They're at home, but I they, mean, they every, don't travel. It's everyone, a vacation for Cousin Eddie. It's, yeah. It's, everyone knows about Wally World. It's Christmas and, break. Did you know that, uh, <laughs> that the National Lampoon's vacation, the original movie, was actually based on a story that was published in the National Lampoon magazine? Uh, like back in the 50s or 60s, the story wow. was originally published, and then they turned it into a movie in the 80s. So I was wondering where the, the title National Lampoon's came from. I yeah. didn't know that was a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of shocked how raunchy European vacation was. Oh, yes. I saw that when I was young, too. Yeah, I I saw it recently as an adult. Like, I saw it when I was younger, but then I saw it recently as an adult, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Mm. Maybe I was watching, like, the made-for-TV version before. (laughs) Since I mentioned this movie uh, when we were trying to come up with movies, I'll, I'll take it. It's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. The main character takes a takes a vacation to a tropical resort. I think it's in Hawaii, and his girlfriend, who had just dumped him, shows up there with her new boyfriend, uh, and zaniness ensues. So her name is Sarah Marshall, but yeah. his name is Marshall on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Jason um, Siegel. Is it Siegel? Siegel yeah. yeah. Jason Siegel uh, is is the main character, is the the lead in that movie, and, and then Kristen of course. Bell. 
Uh, Kristen Bell is Sarah Marshall. Russell uh, Brand. Brand. Russell Brand sucks. And then Mila um, Kunis. M- thank you. I, boy, just steal my thunder like three times I tried to say her damn name. And then, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Next on the list is The Hangover. Oh, God. Uh, that is quite a vacation. <laughs> yep. Bunch of guys go on a... Both uh, of them. Oh, yeah. That's right, both of them. Yeah. Were there th- two there or three? There are three. Man. Oh. And actually, the middle one, uh, Hangover Part 2, is the one where I would like to vacation most because they go to Thailand. And I've always wanted to go to Thailand. So, yeah. Yep. But in the original, they go to Vegas. And it's and just then in the third one, they go to crazy, Vegas. Crazy, crazy. Weekend at Bernie's. Mm. Quite the vacation, for sure. <laughs> they uh, they take a dead body to uh, to the dead body's beach house beach and house. party it up. Pretty fun movie. One and of my dad's. Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember as much about Weekend at Bernie's too, except for they go to some again tropical location. There just aren't a whole lot of movies that have my favorite type of vacation destination in it. I because mean, I've always been like more of a snow, and it seems like all the movies that involve snow skiing are really Hallmark bad. Hallmark movies, like, either Hallmark movies or like. The 80s produced just a glut of movies like Ski Patrol, where it's nothing but bad jokes and nudity and stuff. (laughs) Your favorite movies next, Court? Next movie on the list is, it's less of a vacation and more of a complete life change, but Under the Tuscan Sun. Diane Lane moves to the Tuscan Valley in Italy and Mm -hmm. um, buys a house and basically sets up a new life there. And it's an amazing movie, gorgeous scenery, made me really made me want to visit that area in Italy just based solely on that one movie. I recommend it. I I loved it. I have been under the Tuscan sun and I can vouch for the beauty of it. (laughs) (laughs) I was under the Tuscan sun with David Pickler. Mm -hmm. We were basking in the Tuscan sun. Is this another green with envy moment I'm supposed to sure. talk about? <laughs> All of my world traveling experience is due to work here with David. But you have <laughs> Italy, <mine. laughs> British Isles, Oscars, <laughs> New York. DC. Turning beet red oh, over there in Los that, Angeles. Did you hear that? I threw a pen at camp. <laughs> you sure did. All right, next on the list is Eat, Pray, Love. Um, as far as vacation destinations in this movie it's beautiful as far as a movie it bored me to tears Mm. i took my wife to see it it is too long and too boring i couldn't even bother to try and go and see it i don't i mean you know this is like if i were on a plane for 40 hours straight couldn't get off the plane and had nothing to do but watch eat pray love i think i would rather just stare at the back of the seat in front of me there was not enough eating a decent amount of praying and too much love (laughs) you're not missing much all right katie Okie dokie. Roman Holiday. Audrey Hepburn. Never a seen classic. it. Well, you're just seeing the ones filled with nudity and snow. Ski patrol. Ski <laughs> patrol. <laughs> so she goes on holiday in Rome. Is that, I'm, is I'm that the gist of it? Or are you just going to... We've got other movies. That's just okay. going. Okay. okay Roman Holiday. Cool. Cool. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine. They travel across the country in a uh, VW van to get to a, what are they called? A pageant sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it's a little uh, beauty pageant. Yeah. And she... Uh, of course, Little Miss Sunshine is, as the title of the movie suggests, she is just a bundle of happiness and positivity. I kind of felt the same way watching this movie that I feel when I watch Ted Lasso. You know, oh, yeah. just just an abundance of positivity. And then, of course, in the, in the end of the movie, you, you get very sad. But then everything turns around and it's okay again. Next on the list, I originally read this as The Wild, which was on a previous list with Katie and I, but this is Into the Wild. Both of those movies I would not consider vacation movies. Yes, he treks across America and Into the Wild to regain his independence. And, and Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A doppelganger oh, of mine. I remember this yes. movie. 
movie. Mm. Yeah. From ba- my childhood, yeah. Basically, he's like, screw capitalism. I'm not using money. I'm going to hike it all the way to Alaska. He makes it to Alaska, and then he dies from eating berries that yeah, are that's, poisonous. That's, well, I mean, we didn't say we're, this list contained uplifting movies. It's just movies where people travel, basically. Yeah. The next oh, movie. It is Maybe on so there. It is Look, on here. Wild is, you're not crazy. Wild is on this list, which is the Reese Witherspoon, which, you know, I don't know that that's a vacation. Pretty sure same premise is into the wild, but she doesn't yeah. die. Yeah. Okay. Next on the list is Crazy Rich Asians. Abby loves this movie. Well, I mean, I, I love the movie. Overall, I think it's a great movie. Um, there are some characters and or actors that, that kind of rub me the wrong way, but overall, I think it's a great movie. Gorgeous scenery. Again, the houses and so forth are, are beautiful. A few years ago, if you had asked me, hey, do you want to go visit Hong Kong? I would have been like, hell yeah, based strictly on this movie. I would have been like, yeah, it looks like a cool place. Now, you know, things over there are a little bit more <laughs> troublesome than they used to be, and I'm not sure I'd want to go. But, yeah. you know, yeah, cool movie. What about Snatched? That's kind of a newer one. Goldie Hawn, Amy Schumer, uh, they go on vacation, mother and daughter, and get kidnapped. <laughs> or how about uh, Taken? <laughs> Since yeah, we're talking about travel movies that do where there's kidnapping involved. Be terrified to travel now. <laughs> but then you got The Holiday, where, you, I mean, that's just a beautiful little story, switching places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a series of movies to nominate, because Abby and I just watched all of the Daniel Craig Bonds. Mm-hmm. Those are the ultimate vacation movies. They yeah. go to, like, ten locales in every movie. That's mm. true. And yeah. it pisses Abby off it. <laughs> in one of the movies, I was like, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Because they went to Italy. Abby, I'm with you. Yeah. Throw stuff at him. In this movie, they went to Venice. They went to London. <laughs> they went to Scotland. I was like, I've, I've been there, been there, been there. <laughs> yes. Good yes, times. indeed. He was so worldly. <laughs> well, I mean, the Goofy movie. <laughs> Where did that come from? What? It's actually one of Daniel's favorite movies, and I did not know this until like we were married. I'm like, what? The he, Goofy movie? The Goofy movie. Goofy's dad takes um, his kid, Max, I think is his name, on a, like a father-son bonding trip. And it's, yeah, it's as everything with Goofy. It, there's just stuff that happens. Anytime you you have a vacation movie that involves snow, it seems like it's some sort of B-rate movie that's just bad jokes and so forth. Anytime there's a beach involved, it's like either romantic comedy or whatever. Then you've got your whole European locale vacation movies like Letters to Juliet and yeah. stuff like that, Under the Tuscan Sun, places where you're like, wow, that seems like a really cool place to visit. And then, of course, there's also visiting cabins. So you've got, uh, what is it, The Great Outdoors? Great um, Outdoors. And then... Uh, cabin Fever? Oh. Then there are the whole series of movies that involve cabins and horror. So, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Evil Dead. Strangers or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> and I think there's The Cabin. Yeah. yeah so, it's, it's fun. It's vacations. <laughs> On that note... Let's talk about planning a vacation where you're not going to hopefully get kidnapped, not going to have a rental that tries to eat you or kill you or something. (laughs) We've now traumatized everyone who's listening to this. (laughs) So national plan for vacation day, every last Tuesday of January. Okay, so it's not a set January 30th, but it's every last Tuesday of January. This year is the 30th. Americans are encouraged to plan their vacation days at the start of the year. Which makes sense. You think about it, like you've started a new calendar year. You probably need to like work with your office of like, hey, I want to take off this time. I actually did this when I think it was the day after New Year's. I I looked at Daniel and said, I want to go somewhere. I've already got this, this, this scheduled for this year. When can you do something? Mm -hmm. And 
I've got a trip booked. Don't know if he's going to come or not, but it's booked. (laughs) (laughs) It helps with your family. It certainly helps to go ahead and plan it and have time to spend with your family. Uh, Robin and I did that last year with our kids. We planned our first family vacation in a long time and actually took some time and went out somewhere for a week. Robin and I are doing our first couple vacation in years and years and years, just coming up here very soon. So it helps with that aspect. It also helps your employer plan. If everybody would try and plan their vacations at the very beginning of the year, then you really could structure a schedule where you know, as an employer coming up over the course of the the next year, this is when I'll have this person out. And you can make sure that you don't have a time where you've got multiple people that are out at the same time. Because I know that is every employer's worst nightmare is to accidentally allow too many people off at once. And it's kind of one of those like go back to like schoolyard games, dibs, like Mm. I call dibs on this time period. So then you've already been like, oh, no, I planned this four or five months ago. You can't just go on this spur of the moment trip because I already booked it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so vacations help people spend some quality time with their family and friends. It also helps with their mental health. Vacations also tend to increase tourism, which ensures a well-functioning economy. I mean, that's definitely true. We saw that with some areas with COVID that were really struggling. Um, I know something I go to every year is Mardi Gras in New Orleans. And New Orleans is a tourist town. I mean, it thrives on Mardi Gras. It thrives on having those tourists come in. And there was whole speculations with the mayor down there wanting to put the kibosh on Mardi Gras. And I think the city... What? Yeah. He must not be a local. (laughs) It's It's a lady. And there's actually floats most years that are, like, not very positive of her. Uh, LaToya the Destroyer? I can't remember what it is exactly. But uh, pretty much restaurant owners, business people were like, you are going to kill this city if you get rid of Mardi Gras. But, sorry, that was a tangent of saying that, yes, like, think about it in a positive way of, yes, you're traveling, you're doing something for your family, for yourself, for your mental, but you're also increasing the economy. You're giving work to people like those especially those um like ski areas Mm -hmm. like those places in the winter months they may not have in the winter months they're busy but in the summer months there may be nothing going on i went to jackson hole wyoming um when did i go september last year yeah and we had a river raft guide thing and he works i think it's like seven or eight months of the year he's down there working and then he doesn't work at all for the remaining rest of the year and is just living on what he's had saved up, and then he comes back to work again. And so it's really, there's a group of people that are seasonal. They're based on, like, the tourist areas. Can we take a moment to make the distinction between a vacation and a trip? Because I feel like, and I know that, as a father of young children, our vacations are trips. There is nothing restful about them, and I don't think it helps my my mental health. I think it actually destroys my mental health. Okay, so tell, <laughs> so the difference between telling I think a vacation is if you are single or it, or just like a couples trip or I don't know from experience but maybe when your kids are older, that's a vacation when you can like relax. But if I'm at the beach and I'm constantly having to keep an eye on my children so that they don't drown or they're always complaining, oh man. <laughs> I don't want to speak for those who are not here to speak for themselves, but I feel like, you know, as a kid, every year I went to the beach with my family. Every single year. It was a family tradition. We went to Fort Walton Beach, Florida for years and years and years, and then we moved out to to Sandestin and then 30A, and it went on for years and years and years. And, you know, I feel like like at least my dad, I I, I seem to recall him being relatively relaxed uh, a good portion of the trip. So. 
about your mom? Um, you know, <laughs> I think she had I think she had a good time as well. But we also went with a large group, so there were three to four families that all went together. So you took turns. So yeah, it was there were you know at any given time I might be being watched by one of my aunts or uncles or my parents' friends or my parents. You know, they sort of traded off who was watching the kids and who was handling that, mm-hmm. who was cooking. Who was sitting down on the beach drinking a beer. So maybe the key is to find some friends and travel with friends and have a big group where you can sort of split duties. And we're actually doing that for spring break. Four well, four families. Boom. Oh, wow. Well, with well, like a million kids. But I've also heard of people doing I used to think it was ridiculous, but um, I've now traveled a couple of times with my nieces and it's, it's a full-time job. It's work. And so I understand now why some people have paid for like a high school kid or like a college kid to go on the vacation with them. So they're really kind of, in one way, they're getting a vacation, but they're there to kind of be like a nanny and help out so that you can then still enjoy somewhat of your vacation. I think that is money well spent. Mm -hmm. I honestly do. You're not away from your kids. Mama doesn't have separation anxiety, but you can also chill. Go to the beach, just you two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're still getting the memories, but it's just like, yeah, I want to go to the beach or I want to go to dinner, and you know that like the kids are taken care of. We have taken uh, college students and adults uh, on different occasions with us to help us with our children uh, on trips that we that we used to take, and uh, yeah, it, it worked out well. I think most of the time, I have never gone back and interviewed any of the people that we took with us <laughs> to find out if they had a good time, if it was worth it. Yeah, you know. But our our idea was always, hey, you get a free trip, we'll pay for all your food, we'll pay for the place for you to stay, mm-hmm. you'll have some time to, to yourself. And then you'll also help us take care of our kids. Huh? Does that sound good yeah. to you? And we had people take us up on it. Well, and I would think that as you're like planning your vacation out, if you're going to be bringing that person, you're going to be bringing grandma or whoever it is, BB, uh, on the trip, then maybe you consider how much work they're going to be actually doing and maybe think about the financial compensation and maybe cover the bill for them if you know they're going to be taking care of your child. Mm-hmm. Can BB travel with me and Abby? <laughs> sure. Making horseradish dip in the uh, in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I want to that I'm sure Nicole's got on this list, but I made the comment about like you know I'm going to plan this trip and Daniel's going to come or not. That kind of goes with the thing of some places you work, you have vacation time. You have it may be that it's set days. You may have to accrue them after a certain time. Some places may have unlimited. But then there's places that if you are not there, you do not get paid. Mm-hmm. So then that's, I think, some struggle with some people on justifying their vacations and really having to prioritize like, well, if I'm not there, I'm not making money. And so this has really got to be important or a big vacation to go on. So, yes, that is a situation. And that is a, something that a lot of people, uh, probably many of our listeners, listeners have to deal with is sort of that trade off between, OK, I'm not going to get paid for this time that I'm taking off. But the fact of the matter is that um, if you don't take time off, if you don't take a vacation, you will get burned out. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there are statistics that say that two thirds of Americans report themselves to be at least moderately burned out from working so much. And of course, you you have comparisons between America and other nations, and how Going other on nations, a holiday. yeah, and you know they they take a two hour holiday every day, and they're more relaxed than we are, and we're too uppity and so forth. But whether or not you believe that particular factoid, there is proof out there. There have been studies that show that 
burnout is a real thing. And so if you don't take some time off, most employers know that they should encourage their employees to take some time off because uh, burnout affects productivity. It can affect job performance. It can affect, you know, if you're in a, a job that requires an attention to safety and so forth, burnout can increase on the job accidents and injuries. I mean, there's a whole lot to, to be said for taking some time off. Uh, so, you know, you got to you got to keep that in mind as it, both an employer and an employee. It is good for people to take time off from work. Well, if you've got grown kids that you're having to travel for soccer competitions or cheer comps, then that's not your vacation. Yes, you're having to take time off of work, maybe to travel to all the small little places or Florida or wherever you need to go for these competitions, but that's not a vacation. And I've heard people say, oh, well, I was just off for this or I was off for that. And yeah, you were off, but that wasn't your decompress, your checkout from everything, kind of, you know, get it together. And it a vacation doesn't mean it has to be like a week long or two weeks long. It could be just a good, solid, like, you know, long weekend, something mm. like that. Interesting little factoid. One of the things that uh, that employers and employees may think, uh, I, I don't know how common this this attitude is, but you know, a lot more people since since we had the whole COVID pandemic, a lot more people are working remotely. And there's this this sense that maybe if you're working remotely, are you, is it as high a stress environment? Are you working as much? Is there a burnout is there as high a likelihood of burnout if you work from home as there is if you're working in an office? And there's a little factoid here on this on this list that says more than half, 53% of remote workers are working more hours now than they were in the office. And 61% now find it more difficult to unplug from work because I guess you don't have that separation of, okay, office time is when I work and home time is when I sit and watch TV. I know that when I leave here often, I granted, I may not leave until seven or eight o'clock at night, but when I leave and I go home, even if I take work home with me, very rarely do I actually yeah. <laughs> do any work at home because I'm like, no, it's time to sit down and play with puppies and watch TV. <laughs> One other thing on here is American workers left an average of more than four days or 29% of their paid time off last year on the table. They just, they didn't use it. And mm. a lot of places, if you don't use it, you lose it. Have y'all ever thought about, and it's when you were talking, Court, I thought about this. So the reason why I like to like have trips booked up is because then it gives me things to look forward to. When you're kids, you think about it like, you start school and you're, you're ready. Okay. Counting down to spring break, counting down to summer. Then it's counting down to fall. Break. Like, you know, counting down to these different things that, you know, I've got to be in school for this amount of time. And then if I get to this, I get a break. We haven't changed from being those kids. No, not at all. We are still that way. And so we have to kind of have that in our mindset of if I just push, I get all this stuff done, then I'm rewarded by my trip. Like I've got a wedding that I'm helping coordinate and I've got a charity event that I'm coordinating their uh, logistics for the big gala. And it's back to back. It's a Friday and a Saturday. I'm like, why did I do this to myself? I'm going to be dead after that. But I didn't realize I did this the very following week. I've booked to go to the beach. So I'm knowing like, okay, if I can push through that, then I'm rewarded by going to the beach. Mm. 
Do y'all feel like your workload is more brutal before or after a vacation? Well, it's interesting. As Katie was talking about the the whole idea of vacations and, and, and school breaks. And when you're a kid, you look forward to school breaks and it hasn't really changed as an adult. The one thing I was thinking is, yeah, but as a kid, when I had a school break, I knew that I didn't have any schoolwork that I had to do over that break. And granted, when I got back to school, I was going to have to start doing schoolwork again when I got back to school. But it's not as though... Basically, you know, if I when you're a kid and you're going to school, when you finish for Christmas break, you're done. You don't come back to a pile of work that was haunting you when you left. Yeah, you're starting fresh. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with my job, the biggest single issue that I have with taking vacations and actually leaving my job behind is I know. I mean, I've been stressed for for weeks now about the stuff that I'm trying to get done before I leave town. And I know that it's going to be waiting for me. Anything that I don't get done before I leave town is going to be waiting for me when I get back. And I'm sure there are people out there that are like me that would almost just as soon not go because they know that it could potentially be detrimental to them when they get back. I'm kind of in your camp. Mm. Even for the couple days I took off for Christmas, it was a mad dash for a couple weeks for me just trying to finish all these projects. I about killed myself. So I know we have different opinions on this, but in those situations that you're you're gone, do you feel like it's better to just go blind when you get back and then figure out what it is? Or do you feel yourself kind of having the discipline to kind of sporadically check so you're aware of what... What's awaiting you? What? Court and I talked about this a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So you know where I stand. I have severe like email anxiety, the red bubble, Mm -hmm. like on weekends or on vacation. And so I kind of get paralyzed... So I'm just like, I'm not, I can't check it right now. I can't do it. And I think, Court, are you more of like, like periodically check in? Uh, Well, I have always been very, nights, weekends, vacations, whatever. I check my email incessantly. Um, As a matter of fact, I get frustrated when I'm not getting emails, even when I'm on vacation. And I'm like, they're not emailing me on purpose. And, you know. (laughs) We're supposed to leave you alone. I like, I want to know what's going on, but I'm very much, uh, of a mind that this this coming vacation that I have coming up, I'm going to try not to check in as much because um, I think that when you're checking your email constantly and responding to emails and still in that work mode, you don't get the separation that you need to actually try and relax. We'll yeah. see if it works. And my process with it, I'm not so much avoiding work. My thought is people have my cell phone number. David and my fellow employees have it. And they they will text me on weekends. And that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. Like if it's an emergency, they know how to really reach me. I think it's one of those on both sides of it that you've got to figure out what works for you for your sanity. Because if it's going to paralyze you, that you're not going to be able to focus on your vacation because you're too worried about what if. Like I, I've gotten a bad habit and I need to work on it that if I have to put my phone, turn it off or on silent or something and I don't have access to it, I panic that like, what if somebody needs to get a hold of me? What if it's going on? And like, that's not good. But I get that when you're on vacation, you're worried about it. Now on the flip side of that, if you have someone who is on vacation, please be considerate that they are on vacation and they may be someone who still is going to respond and check emails and do things like that. So don't just send them crap to send them. If it's something that you think you can handle on your own, try and do that first before going to them. And and I think courts heard me preach that so many times when someone's on vacation or out of the office. I'm like, no, do not call them unless it's something like a client has called. It's an emergency. We can't find this. Then you go, hey, I am so sorry. Can you tell me where XYZ is? And then we'll handle it. 
But last resort, try not bother people. And to clear the air in advance, if you ever receive an email from me when you're on vacation, it's because I emailed the entire PWA team <laughs> and you're just part of that list. Uh, I, okay, I'm bad about emailing people when they're gone just because I, I think to myself, well, they're probably not checking their email. Even though I check my email, yeah. <laughs> I always assume that uh, other people are not checking their email. And so I think to myself, they're probably not checking their email. I'm going to go ahead and send this to them now while I'm thinking about it because if I don't, I will forget. And so I'll go ahead and send them the email. But very rarely if I send you an email while you're out of the office do I expect to get a response. Yeah, I, I've had an email sent to me that says, do not lend the subject. Do not look at this till you mm-hmm. get back. But yeah. It is that like wanting to keep you in the loop, lets you know of stuff. And yeah, so I mean, it's, you've got to find your balance. You've got to figure out what works for your job and what needs to be done. So traveling remains a top priority. More than nine in 10, so 91% of Americans say it's important to use their paid time off to travel. And I'm going to throw in here, we're talking about vacations, but you can also plan a staycation. Um, Sometimes I have wondered that of... Just where you're at your, you maybe tell everybody, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell everybody like, I'm, hey, I'm going out of town. I'm going on a vacation. And you just stay at your house. I mean, in theory, I feel like this would be a dream of mine, but I also feel like I would end up slipping and be like, yeah, I'm just sitting in my house. Y'all, y'all tell me what's going on. I need to come up here. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Cameron, I know what you're going to, I think I know what you're going to say, which is the same thing I would say, which is if I'm, if I stay at home on a vacation, if I take off from work, but I stay at home, I'm going to feel pressure to do yeah. work around the house that needs to get done. Yeah. It wouldn't be a truly a vacation. Yeah. Well, I, w- I was going to say, I highly recommend a staycation. Oh, okay. Abby and I did one or- our kids were really young, but we stayed around Memphis and we got to do a lot of the co- like cool Memphis stuff that you don't really do if you're a local. And it was fun. And staycations are a lot cheaper yeah, and uh, a little more comfortable. You're in your own house or you can stay in a, a local hotel, which is kind of fun. Well, and I think that's a good point of if you have little kids that it's a way that you can still go on a vacation, but you're still close enough if an emergency happens with your kid. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of fear of being far away. You know, I, I remember my parents were out of the country and I got in a wreck and could not get a hold of them. And it's, I think I never let them live that one down. <laughs> the two times in my life, they were out of town, they were out of the country when I got in a bad wreck and they were unavailable when I split my finger open and had to get stitches and I couldn't get them. But <laughs> you never grow up and use your parents. But my point is, is that, what is my point? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I, I don't know where I was going with it. Oh, just like having that, stress Maybe of not vacation. being far away because it's like you you know court you may or may not be going on a cruise soon and cruises prior to you know the 21st century you were on the water you're not reachable even, even in the 21st century um the last time I took a cruise was, it was maybe a decade ago, but it was still in the 21st century. And even then, you still, it, they didn't have Wi-Fi uh, across the, the ship. It yeah. was, you had to go to the onboard internet cafe to be able to to access <laughs> your email and stuff like that. I'm in the cafe emailing um, you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, of course, I didn't do that. It was very simple for me to say, okay, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to mess with that. I'm going to just yeah. enjoy my... Because I had an iPhone at the time, I know, but I so so I had the ability to like access my email and stuff if I had access to to a cell signal and if I had access to Wi-Fi. But since I didn't, I just it didn't bother me. 
and I never went to the internet cafe. But uh, this this coming time that we're we're uh, going on a on a cruise again, they have you know they have Wi Fi. It's it's everywhere on the ship, and you know you you pay a little extra for it, and boom, you've got you've got Wi Fi for your vacation. So yeah. I guarantee you, I'm gonna see every email that comes through. It's not gonna be the same disconnect that it was before. Okay, let me throw some financial in there. One of the things when I do a financial plan for somebody is I talk to them about their importance of travel and how it needs to be a discipline. If you find that travel is very important, then you need to almost make it a bill. And so we're sitting here talking to you. We're in January. If you're trying to plan for a trip, then make it that you're planning for a trip almost every year. If you think that you're wanting to spend $6,000 a year on travel, you know, obviously spread out between the 12 months, then every month you need to save $500 and put it in you know, a bank account or a checking account, you know, don't invest it because you're going to be using that money. But then what you're doing is you're putting money aside every single month for that trip. And then you go on said trip or you book the plane tickets, you put it on credit cards, you get the perks and points, and then you use that travel account to pay it off. But then what do you do when you come back? You keep building up again. And what this does is say, Say something happens like COVID where you weren't really able to travel, but you still were able to then save. So that then means the next year you can maybe take a bigger trip because you have two years worth of travel built up. What I like about this is it also allows you that kind of YOLO. I don't think people say that anymore. Like you only live once thing, but it's the whole, um, you've got money set aside every year for travel that if someone was to call you and say, I just got these tickets to see, you know, Green Day play in Chicago. Court, do you want to go? And you're like, oh, man, like, plane tickets are going to be this and hotels going to be this. But you're like, oh, but I have this travel bucket over here. I can do this. Or Cam wants to go to London to see you, too. I don't know. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> you give me a ticket to see Green Day in Chicago, and I'll be like, I can make that drive. I can sleep in my car. I'm going to Green Day. Saving for travel, if it is important, if you see it as important for your mental health, important for your family, important for your friendships, whatever it is, then make it a bill. Make it where you can then have that money aside that if someone has a destination wedding or a bachelorette trip comes up or, you know, you decide to do a family trip, then you've already saved for it. You've Mm -hmm. taken away that stress because that's the worst thing about a vacation is you go, you spend all this money and you come back and you're like, oh crap, when the credit card bill comes in. It's like, it's like Christmas. And We've talked about before on, I think, our second or third episode that we did about vacations, the idea of like... Second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. (laughs) That cruises and like Disney World and things like that that have the wristbands that your credit card is attached to, you're just blindly like, yep, I'll take this, yep, I'll take that. And you don't see the act of like swiping your credit card and realizing how much you're actually spending. Mm -hmm. So I can't really help you with that. I mean, if you know that... So you're out of luck there, guys. (laughs) Sorry we couldn't help you you know, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, if you're that pattern, then you need to make sure you know you've got the money to cover it. But breaking it down financially as well, like I'm sure when y'all are talking about doing your cruise, you probably could have sat there and said, okay, we could break up the cruise into payment plans. We could buy the plane tickets in January and then buy the basic cruise thing in March and then buy the booze package in June, and you could do that if you Who's needed to. Who's buying a to. booze package? Like, that is the most important part not of a need vacation. A booze package? Yes, we're, you do. We are good people. We are we are <laughs> we are 
God-fearing people, and we will not be drinking. I'm just saying you can space it out and structure it where you're kind of breaking up those big trips. And and people, there's so many websites out there about hacks of like, when's the best time to buy? And I've never personally tried the whole like buying the gift cards and then using it to buy things. And I hadn't done that, but I also haven't put the time in to do that. And I know my personality. So heck, I... I'll go ahead and buy the plane tickets this month, and then next month maybe I'll book the hotel. I I, I want to just throw out here that, that because we, we recognize that there are different kinds of people out there, and there are different kinds of people on this podcast, I would love to watch Katie Pickler and David Pickler react, just their reactions to the way that Robin and I have planned this vacation and continue to plan this vacation. They would have had heart failure at least four or five times by now. <laughs> I mean, from from the way that we booked the cruise to the way that we booked the flights to the fact that we haven't started packing yet. <gasps> I mean, like oh, that's me all the way though. I wait till the very last minute. There's- we just we have uh, this has been the 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 craziest sort of like. If we don't just do it this way, if we try and, and had planned out for it the way that you you suggested, I think I probably would have gotten cold feet and just not pulled the trigger on anything. So Robin's just kind of been like, oh, hey, I'm going to do this now. And I'm like, well, OK, we're, we're doing it then. You oh, know. I didn't say that's how I do things. I'm, I'm telling our listeners, like, this is what you should do. <laughs> no, what I do is I'm like, oh, yeah, you think, yeah, we want to go to the beach. OK, booked, booked, booked. And it's like, well, who's going? Yeah. When are we going? Like. Mm. I impulsively get excited. I'm like, oh my God, we got to do this. We got to do that. And it's like when I went on a Salem trip, I started booking anything and everything. And I'm like, well, we need this place. We need that place. And then it's like, oh crap, how much did I just spend on this? Yeah. So don't do what I do. (laughs) Do as we say, not as we do. (laughs) But you do, you get excited about it. And oh yeah, I'm I'm a last minute packer. And I think with that comes, then you have to go and buy stuff. That you forgot. The reason I brought that up and said that the way that I did is because I wanted to sort of circle back around to what this episode is about, which is there is a specific day, January 30th, that is dedicated to planning your vacation. And by planning your vacation, they really are talking about looking out over the course of the next year, the next 12 months, and really setting out those dates when you want to go somewhere and like picking the place and having it all decided, going ahead and letting your employer know that these are the days that you want off. And and so that's that's really what plan your vacation day is about. It's not about like, what site are you going to and how are you going to pay for it? It really is literally like pick the dates and put them on the calendar and have the place where you're going to go and let your boss know and that sort of stuff. Um, one of the reasons that they suggest that you do this is because they say that Americans who plan out their time off take more time off to travel. So, you know, a quarter of American households don't do this. You know, they don't plan it in advance. And I know from from personal experience, the way that I am is I'll very much say, like, I've wanted to, to visit the Tuscan Valley for Many, many years since I originally saw Under the Tuscan Sun in movie theaters. You know, I've wanted to go over there. And I've been saying for years, Robin, you and I need to go do this. But we never do because we've never really taken that next step to say, like, 
these are the dates we're going. And then, okay, now we need to book do the it. flight. And now we need to do it. Do it. So this is the first time really that I've said like, she she was like, hey, there's this cruise that's uh, available for this place that we've always wanted to go. We should do it. And I was like, yeah, we should do it. And I never thought it was going to happen because it was just another random conversation that she had while she was, you know, she was looking at something on her iPad. And I was like, yeah, sure. We need to do that. It'll be great. And she then she just went and booked it. it. So... She, and that's the thing is, is it's you're always going to have an excuse of when not to go. And, and in fact, y'all have delayed this and y'all have tried to delay it again. And I, yeah, I'm glad y'all are actually going. I'm the one taking y'all to the airport. So I'm going to make sure you get on the dang plane and go because you need it. But I think that is a struggle that some people will have this dream bucket list and they never act on it. And you need to have that balance, work hard, play hard, obviously plan to make sure you're not going to screw yourself over on taking this trip. And, and I'm not saying travel so much that your job's like, um, do you care about traveling or working? Mm. Cause it's gotta be that balance. And if you do have someone like Daniel, he, if he's not there, he's not making money. So you have to strategize. And I have to understand that, you know, his schedule is different from my schedule. He's got to not only plan that with me, he's got to plan it with his coworkers to make sure areas are covered because his job is more of he's got to be there. He can't be remote like me that I can be talking to clients and be like, yeah, I'm on a ride in Disney or I'm sitting on the beach. Like they don't have to know that, but I'm still helping them with their accounts. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all are like, eh, nope. Go on vacation. Bullseye. <laughs> do it. Like, do it. Do it. Plan for No, my bullseye would be kind of what I said is throw a number out there of how much you think you want to spend on travel each year. Even if you know you're not going to do that every year, just start making it a bill. Pay your future self and you will make a huge difference for it. Plan out those trips. Have something to look forward to and enjoy life because we're not promised tomorrow. And one of the things that David Pickler has drilled into my head is that... You don't want to say, what if? Yeah. And that is so true. There have been so many times that I've gone to a playoff game or, you know, driven up and back to see the Kentucky Derby or things like that. They were super crazy. And people are like, why are you doing this? And yeah, in those moments, I was tired. They were kind of crazy. But I just have the memories of going to the Kentucky Derby and going to that playoff game and doing these different things. And I don't remember the day after where I was really sleep deprived or things like that. Yes, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying, and I understand where you're coming from. And to, to a degree, I can say that, yes, I, every time that I have taken a major vacation, I, despite how stressed about it I might have been beforehand and how resistant I even was to the idea of doing it beforehand, there is not a, a single vacation that I can think of, as an adult at least, that I regretted taking after I took Mm -hmm. it. Since I passed the age of, say, 18, every vacation that I can think of that I would consider a big vacation, I I remember fondly. So definitely, I think that there is a lot of weight that you can put on actually doing it and making the decision to do it and following through with it. But I absolutely understand the fear that comes with sort of that pre-vacation jitters and the planning and the stress about work and everything like that. 
that can prevent you from actually pulling the trigger and taking a vacation. I'm actually to the point now, I'm close enough to the time when I'll actually be leaving that the excitement of the trip is starting to get higher than the stress that I've been feeling about going. So I'm actually to a point now where I'm starting to go like, I'm looking forward to this. And so if you're like me and that kind of thing can cause you stress, if you can actually bring yourself to pull the trigger, then it's probably something that you will not regret after the fact. Uh, it may worry you like heck leading up to it, but after the fact, you're going to really appreciate that you did it. If you are in desperate need of a mental break and you want to go on vacation, but you can't afford vacation, seriously, consider a staycation. It's a lot more affordable. You have the unique opportunity to explore your city, you know, things that you typically can't do. So uh, keep that in the back of your mind. Bullseye. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast delivered to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. Um, if you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, Cameron, uh, we have a website. You can uh, go to that website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. You can find out about us. You can also drop a comment. Uh, let us know if there's a topic you'd like to hear us talk about or if you'd like to recommend a guest that uh, could come on our podcast that you'd like to hear. Then please feel free to do all of that at the website. Again, that's bullcastpodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. That's the Bullcast Podcast. We have a Twitter account. Our handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And we do pictures on the Instagram. And that handle is at Bullcast Podcast as well. We have mentioned David several times in this episode. And we've mentioned the fact that we work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. If you'd like to find out what exactly it is we do at Pickler Wealth Advisors, find out information about our amazing team and our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website. That's picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you a lot of information. Hopefully we put the bug in your ear to start thinking about your next vacation. Remember, you need it and it will help. So get to planning. For now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we're done. <laughs>